You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, listeners of the podcast. It's me, Josiah, just in case. I haven't introduced myself in a long time. I realize I'm very bad about that. If you're a regular listener at this point, you're probably wondering where Ethan is. Well, we kicked Ethan out. We kicked him right in the butt and kicked him right out. (laughs) That's a lie. And the voice you're hearing right now is Zach McCord, the one and only. Hi, that's me. The magnificent, the meme, the legend. That part's not me. When he comes, we'll let you know. Until That's... then, you get Zach McCord the appetizer. It's uh, it's all right. It's no entree. These are mott sticks at Applebee's. That's, I mean, that's probably the nicest, actually... nicest thing somebody's ever said to me. Uh, no, we didn't actually kick Ethan out. We wanted to have a conversation today about the single that we just released as Horizons Church, we as did. Horizons we Worship. Did. Horizons Worship. Would we call that an entity of Horizons Church? Would that be the correct terminology? I think we would call it... I, was, I really wanted to say something funny, but I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm like two sips into you got to call it like... A ministry of the church, man. Don't call it an entity. That sounds Spoken so... like a true pastor. I don't know. <laughs> Everything is a ministry. Everything is. Come on now. We're all theologians. But we actually are. But that's another <laughs> another point for another time. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about this song that we just released and kind of just dig into that and dig into the process behind that, kind of do some behind-the-scenes stuff and the hopes that it would make the song more accessible or you would understand the meaning a little more deeply if you haven't already thought through it. You're going to get some spoilers. Yeah. Some good spoilers. Yes. Some really major ones. Yeah. Unless bad spoilers. That's yes. You're one of like two people whom I don't even know. I've actually not heard anybody say anything bad about everything I've heard about the song. If you don't like the song, send an email to Ethan at (laughs) horizonschurch.gov. I'm sure he'll he'll really appreciate that if you do. So uh, I think the first thing to talk about is where did this song come from? In case you didn't pick that up from what we just said or you haven't been at the church in the past few weeks, or maybe you're a listener who doesn't happen to go to our church, we did write this song. This is a Horizons Worship original. It is called Mercy. Where did this song come from? I just think before we start, the podcast world needs to know that Josiah is asking questions that he already knows the answers to <laughs> because he is the co-writer that's, of this song. That's so that's that. I feel like calling me the co-writer is like true. That <laughs> that's, you're welcome. Like you got some guy in the group project that you had to do in college or high school. Mm. You know, you've got you. You. We all know group projects. Disagree. They weren't really group You're, projects. You are, like you are a six wing five, so you did not just skate skate by on anything. So, I um, was Zach was the one who was writing it, and I would be the one who'd be like, "Oh yeah, like what if we use this word or that thing, or what if we made it this direction?" That was Josiah really, was that also was the the, uh, the heresy checker. On, <laughs> and be like, just please reassure me that we're not we're leading not. our entire congregation <laughs> into damnation. <laughs> this is an automatic pass to hell. <laughs> So, uh, in the spirit of asking this, pretending I didn't do anything, as Zach just pointed out. So, where did this song come from? So, we've written a few things and haven't released any of them yet. Kind of wanted the first release to be something really special. And then a few months ago, I was just playing piano a little bit, which makes me sound cool. I am about (laughs) as good at piano as... I'm real bad. Um, (laughs) 
and kind of came up with this chorus and just happened to be a course that fit with uh, an upcoming series we were going to do on Jonah. So then we sat down and tried to come up with this atypical approach to writing a song about Jonah. And we wanted we wanted to write a song about the sermon series, but we wanted it to also be able to transcend yeah. the sermon series. We wanted it to be able to have life on its own, but also to have enough correlation with the series that it really stood out. Yeah, because here's, here's a little walkthrough, just in case you haven't noticed it before. But you take the book of Jonah in really basic parts. You've got Jonah, who's the guy who hears the word of God and doesn't go. Right? He refuses. Correct. Yet God shows mercy to him. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Ninevites, who are members of this amazing empire. And basically, at Bad that boys. point, yeah. And like, and you would think they had everything that the world had to offer. Oh, yeah, but then they discover sure. they don't. And the song is basically just a walkthrough of that. It starts with, I ran from you, which is literally how the book of Jonah basically begins. He runs from God and then the consequences of that. And the fact that even though he does that, Directly, God still calls him back to himself. Right. And so God's mercy knows no end. The Ninevites, these evil people who have done terrible things, who think that they have everything they want, turns out, no, they don't. God shows his mercy to them. His grace changes their ways. Bingo. His mercy knows no end. And the culmination of the book of Jonah is this moment where you realize God's ways are not our ways because his mercy transcends any ideas we would have of mercy. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it shocks us. It offends us. It appalls us. I mean, all these things that like, we're like, this it is not right. Jonah to get mad at a tree. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so it ends with that really awesome bridge that really gets me fired up every time we sing it. But that, you know, your ways are not my ways. There's power in your name. I've tasted it and I've seen your mercy rescued me. So really you think about it, that's the story of Jonah. Oh, yeah. Through and through. But it's also like parallel to our lives. Verse one, I ran from you, ignored your voice. My heart was cruel, but you forgave me and made me yours. That's literally everyone's story. Right. Not. It's not so specific right. to Jonah. It's not like we, in the song, said, Jonah ran from... Like, <laughs> Jonah you know, sailed to Tarshish. Yeah, like, like this is, like you said, something that can transcend that, right. those boundaries there. And I think even biblically, like, that's, I mean, that's how, in a lot of ways, that's how we relate to a lot of biblical texts. Right. Like, there are lessons that we glean from them, and so it only made sense to write a song that was both. Yes, yes. And I think that's the... The beauty of good biblical teaching and songs. So, like, I mean, you think about, <laughs> now I realize I'm treading hallowed ground here, and I'm not trying to, you know, make us appear more grandiose than we are. Oh, is this where we talk <laughs> about the Lord of the Rings theme song? <laughs> yes, that's the one. The Lord of the Rings theme song, my favorite piece of composition. <laughs> but uh, you think about how many songs in church history that have been so formative to the development of church and the theology of the people and their response to God. Mm-hmm. How many of those songs were birthed out of specific biblical texts that right. have transcended so to speak, the times that they were written in mm-hmm. and even the specific biblical texts, right? Oh, yeah. Like you think about a song like A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which was written by Martin Luther as kind of a battle hymn of the Reformation. Like that's really a song about Psalm 46, right. but you can sing that. You don't have to be a reformer in Germany in the 1500s to be like, right. this song is pertinent. Like it has survived the ages because right. it's so steeped in scripture yet speaks to people where they are. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways, our worship songs, if they're done well, which is not an attempt to sound self-aggrandizing. Yeah, look but at us. Oh, we're, we did <laughs> it so well. If they're done perfectly but... <laughs> like we did. <laughs> now. Um, 
But no, I mean, I think a lot of worship music itself, when it's when it's founded in biblical text and when it's literally just derivative of the words of God, I mean, that's the point, right? Yep. Like, I mean, what's what's worship supposed to do? It's supposed to use song to bring us closer to our creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's no more centrally aligned way to do that than to use the word of God to yes. do that. Yes, yes. I amen that to kingdom come. <laughs> And all of that, because I'm the token pastor. <laughs> so the other thing I think it would be interesting to talk about a little bit is what does the process look like for writing a song like this? You kind of talked about that a little bit. You touched yeah. on that. But I mean, as far as the actual work of doing something like this, I mean, what's involved with that and how does that end up happening? So we just have a good idea and then we hope real hard and then it happens. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> Just spit it out of your mouth. Oh, look, there it is. Like well, like a book delivered out of heaven straight down Seeing here. as I only work on Sundays, <laughs> um, it took about a year and a half. That day, yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. I'm kidding. Um, so what we wound up doing is we had the idea, Josiah and I came in to the studio and talked kind of through the song. We didn't want it to be just like every other song. We wanted it to very specifically be unique in that it was pertinent to Jonah, but also that it could transcend like we were talking about. And we also realized that that our job is not to write some billboard top 100 hit. Our job is to write songs that serve our congregation really well. So we wanted to dial into that. And we wound up coming in and basically just creating this outline for the song. You know, verse one is going to be about Jonah. Verse two will be about Nineveh. Uh, The chorus will kind of tie them together. And then the bridge just wound up happening, Hmm. like, not to sound cliche, but almost in divine circumstance. Yeah. You know, we were sitting at the piano and I kind of remembered this scripture that I really like. And you were like, oh, by the way, guess what we're doing a podcast on? Yeah. (laughs) Just completely coincidental. Yeah, not not at all the providence of God. (laughs) What? (laughs) But yeah. And so we uh, sat through, wrote some stuff kind of line by line, revised it, went back through and, uh, and arranged it so that it would work in a recorded setting, but also a live setting. And, and yeah. Yeah. To it. So what you're telling me is this song didn't float down out of heaven and... I, I woke up and it was written on the whiteboard <laughs> yeah. on my fridge. <laughs> isn't that how being a Christian uh, works? Isn't that... Everything's well, just easy, right? Right? Yeah. When I, I Wrong. Also, yeah. That's precisely it. And I actually think that really brings up an interesting point for the Christian life in general in that kind of joke about that. But I do think there can sometimes be this weird notion, and I'm not sure where this came from, but that for Christians, especially stuff like this in particular, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it does basically... Like, it comes straight out of heaven, like, ready for you. Like, pre-baked, basically. Oh, yeah. Pre-blessed, you know? And some songs for sure do. Yeah, you might have a, you know, like moment one of... in 50. Yeah, yeah. Like, you might have a rare moment of inspiration where it's just like, whew, everything flows out, you got yeah. everything set, and it's good. I mean, good. Even, even the bridge to this song did that. Right. But most of this was, okay, like, let's come in, work on that. Okay, eh, let's change that. Uh, let's workshop that. Uh, let's move that around. Yeah, like, was, what about this was, key? What about that? It was labor. That? Yes. And I think that... That's when it comes to spiritual things, in many ways, it's really the same kind of thing as the rest of mm-hmm. your life and working. Like To quote the great prophet Ben Rector, life is not the mountaintops, it's the walking in between. between. Yes, yes. And yeah, I think of the Apostle Paul often when he wrote to Timothy, I think it's 2 Timothy 2.7, where he says, think through what I say, for God will give you understanding in everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not 
either or. It's not like, oh, like God is just magically going to make everything happen and easy, whether it's writing a song or working on a Bible lesson or whatever work you're doing. You think through what you're trying to do. You work hard. And in that work, in that thinking, whatever it may happen to be, if you're a Christian, we do believe that God will Mm -hmm. give you what you need in that. But it's not an either or. It's a Yeah, and I think a lot of people approach spiritual. This is like such a deviation from what I planned on saying. But um, I think a lot of people approach spiritual things as a transaction Mm -hmm. in that, you know, if I read my Bible, I won't be tempted today. Yeah. If I if I pray, then I can do whatever I want for the rest of the day. Right. Like like it's some sort of exchange, like like God owes you then. Yes. And I don't think it works like that. Yeah, no. That's a, in fact, I would argue that is that is a leftover ghost of uh Roman Catholic indulgence whatever you want to call it. It was yeah. it's just indulgences from like the 1500s, right. you know, which is exactly the thing where we're like, no, we're well, not people, doing that. People get frustrated because they're like, I read my bio, I I read a chapter today. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody cut me off <laughs> yeah, in but... traffic and I had to say a bad word. <laughs> What are you talking about? Like, if you look at anyone who is outlined in biblical text, anyone who was regarded as someone close to the heart of God, their life got harder. Yeah, right. They knew how to deal with it because they knew upon whom they could lean. They knew who their hope was found in. Like, in a lot of ways, the closer you get to God, the more of a target you become. Yeah. I mean, think about... That's not popular. Yeah, no, but think about Jonah. He is a Mm -hmm. prophet of God. One of the divine spokesmen for God and one of the few times we actually see God directly speak, Mm -hmm. like literally to a prophet in the way that he did. And look at everything that happened to Jonah. (laughs) Like, wolf, doggy. If you ever need proof that you don't have to be perfect to be used by God. (laughs) Look at Jonah. He was terrible. (laughs) He was just awful. So, yeah, I think that... uh, in regards to the songwriting process, I think even looking at something like that, we can see how something there transcends into Christian labor in general. Oh, yeah. That's not just, this isn't just something that we're talking about, like, oh, me and Zach, you know, we're getting together and confabbing on a song. It's the stuff that we're talking about when we're working on a song. That's true of most Christian oh, labor, absolutely. I think. So I think the final question that would be helpful to work through here is why would we go to the relative trouble and effort of writing and recording a new song for our people when, I mean, there are songs about mercy out there, right? So, I mean, why would we go to the effort and the labor of writing a new one? Because it's a blast. (laughs) It is fun. I love it. No, no, that's that's a great question. I think it's less about filling a void for a song and more about the fact that it was a really cool way to serve our people. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, whatever ministry you look at in our church, whether it's, you know, CR, whether it's pastoral ministry, whether it's worship, whether it's counseling, the entirety of our organization exists so that we can help people know God better and love him more and so that we can serve them. Yeah. And I mean, like our worship team, it consists of mostly volunteers. Yeah. And, and those guys put in 10 hours a week for free. Yeah. Every week just to serve our congregation well, because they feel like we've, you know, we've been gifted with uh, these abilities and we want to steward them back to the Lord. And, yeah. and in the same way, it felt like this was a more direct way and a more efficient way to serve our congregation, mm-hmm. to, to be able to write something that's both pertinent to the text, but it's pertinent to our folks and 
and something that we can all rally around. It's something that we can come together because of, and, and it's ours. We have like ownership of it yeah. in a way. Yeah. The more I think about it, especially in the context of our people at Horizons, it's kind of become a sermon series in miniature. Like it's a singable sermon series oh, yeah. of sorts, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a well, new term to me. but And it's like a callback. You know, we'll, yeah. we, we will be singing this song for long after the sermon series is done. Right. But it can it can almost harken back to that sermon series and right. to the lessons you've learned. Yes, yes. And I think the other thing about this, too, is that to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying there, I mean, most of the Christian life, you are saying in fresh ways and doing in fresh ways the same old things that the people of God have been doing for millennia. Oh, yeah. Like, I love hymns like Come Thou Fount and How Great Thou Art. Those are amazing songs that I still love to sing. But you do have those instructions in the Psalms, which are the Word of God, which say things like, sing a new song to the Lord. And if we really believe that the riches of Christ are infinite, then that means that we, for eternity, could write new songs that would, like take the diamond, one diamond, say, of Christ's riches, you know, the diamond of his mercy, and we can turn that diamond endlessly and reveal new facets of it. Oh, 100%. With, like, new songs. And that's, like, that's basically what I think we were we we're doing there, too. Is well, like, and how fickle are we as Christians? I mean, how, how often do we need reminders? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, you think of Joshua 4, where Joshua sets up 12 stones by the river as a reminder to the people of what God had done. I mean, yeah. we aren't different. <laughs> we're the same. We, yeah. we are so quick to forget what the Lord does in our lives. And, you know, I mean, we could have a miracle on a Monday, and then on Tuesday we stub our toe and we just scream, yeah. <laughs> Has thou forsaken me? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of the cool thing about worship music is, yeah. in a lot of ways, it just reminds us of truths that we already know, but we're so prone to forget. Yes, absolutely. And as central as I believe preaching is, and as important, and that I think actually listening to preaching isn't its own act of worship, or oh, it yeah. should be. But I say that also knowing that, like, it was. God who said, teach and admonish one another mm-hmm. with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Like there is something about singing right. that does something to and for the heart that is It must be important. Yes. Utterly because unique. We're gonna wind up doing it for part of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Like we will still sing. Yeah. And I mean you think about the Psalms, there's an entire book, 150 chapters long. It's all poetry and songs. Oh, yeah. So you know that that's got to be massively important. So it, it's it's the largest book yeah. in the Bible. Which is crazy because you'd think like, oh, like one of the Gospels or maybe one of the letters oh, yeah. or something. But no, it's 150 Psalms. Yeah. Like, there's, what? There's that one that one uh, negative Nancy who's like, I don't think we need to sing. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lord's like, I put it in the pages. I put it in there. There are like so many commands to sing so Those many are just poems yeah it says song for the choir master. yes according to the string <laughs> instruments and this here's the arrangement for it you know so yeah that's the uh that's the crux of it right there also jesus sang a hymn so if jesus sang a hymn you should sing you should sing you can argue with him about it but you're gonna lose yes he's he's jesus <laughs> Oh yeah, well, I think that's uh, that's that's mercy right there. I, the song and you know God is merciful to us in that He Bingo. lets us do these things. Bango, Bongo. got it, covered it, did the whole thing there. So yeah, so uh, thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, of course, Zach. It's kind of cool to talk to you on the podcast instead of yeah. you just behind the scenes there. Well, agree to disagree. 
Um, <laughs> see you guys in another year. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, Zach likes doing the behind the scenes thing. So anyway, <laughs> thanks again for doing this yeah, with us, sir. Me. Really appreciate it. And uh, if you have any questions about this song or anything else for that matter, as always, you can shoot an email to podcast at horizonschurch.net. If you thought this was helpful, you can leave us an honest five-star review because we would dig that. We would just really be grateful, you know. And uh, don't forget, if you haven't yet, you can buy or stream Mercy wherever you listen to music. It's great. It's on all my playlists. I bought it. Look at me. I'm so holy. I bought it Whoa. on iTunes. Whoa, do people still do that? I do, apparently. We're going to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> See approximately one penny of that. Uh, yeah. And uh, as always, thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed. And again, don't forget to stream Mercy wherever you listen to music. And we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.